read a poem. Hello, one and all, and welcome to Shall We Read a Poem? I'm Russ. I'm Lauren. Well, spooky season's over. I don't want it to be. No, it just kind of crashes. I mean, it's it's uh, there's no transition. It's just October 31st, Halloween, November 1st, Christmas. Yeah. I guess there's there's definitely some still some lingering stuff from Christmas afterward because if you celebrate Epiphany, it's not even the real Christmas. <laughs> then there's Boxing Day. Uh-huh. And then there's New Year's. Uh-huh. Well, if you kinda... if you celebrate Epiphany, it's after New Year's. And then that just kind of slugs its way into Valentine's Day. Mm. There's not like a big holiday for quite a while. I guess Easter is a big holiday because there are a lot of people who are Christians. No. In a lot of places, it's a civic holiday. Right. Well, did you catch the best of this year's mundane Halloween? Um, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, mundane Halloween is a thing that has uh, mostly been seen in Japan recently, but started cropping up, I think, in Taiwan. And it is uh, usually done over Twitter, and they have real-life contests are starting to come back, I guess. But it's costumes based around everyday occurrences. Oh, is it like that famous one of the person trying to find a place to sit at a cafeteria? Exactly. Ah, That's the one. Okay. And so if you uh, check out chat, you will see the best of 2021's mundane Halloween. Oh, girl who started decluttering but ended up on her phone. That is... <laughs> yep. Oh, I feel that so much. <laughs> a lot of them are based around masks this year. Yeah. I love the uh, the, the neighbor in the murder mystery. Which one's the murder the murder mystery? It's the lady sticking her head out of the, uh, oh, of the, the door. Oh, the neighbor in the murder... See, I scrolled by that one because uh, there are times when I actually haven't seen my neighbor in several days and I'm kind of concerned. So I was like, <laughs> relatable. My neighbor, One of my neighbors disappeared for several weeks and I, was, I, I couldn't figure out what was going on. I was concerned, but like people would come by the house to take care of things and nobody seemed alarmed or crying. And I was like, I think <laughs> she's fine. Turned out, turned out her daughter had a baby. That was all. Oh, that's so... The opposite of a problem. Right, it was fine. This year for Halloween, no. I went as Jack from Animal Crossing, and I had a glorious moment at karaoke when I sang Band of Horses, The Funeral, and like very melodramatically, but also in a cute sort of Animal Crossing sort of way, and flopped around sadly on the ground, and it was everything I ever dreamed of. I saw a clip of that, and it is exactly as magnificent as you described. Yeah, it was pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about today? I'm doing Minnow Mini. May I ask you if you've noticed? May I ask you if you've seen my Minnow Mini, who was swimming in your Ovaltine? For you've gone and drunk it up, dear, and she isn't in the cup, dear. And she's nowhere to be found, dear. Do you think that she is drowned, dear? And it's a mug with a spoon in it for the image. <laughs> Mystery abounds. Right. Uh, really, I just chose this because it's, for me, hot chocolate season. And I recently made hot chocolate. Uh, and I made it super decadent. I put in a little bit of cream. 
along with, you know, using my base as whole milk, uh, a little bit of red wine to make it a little less sweet, and uh, some vanilla. It was amazing. That sounds ridiculous. Now, okay, so being the kind of slob that will make my hot chocolate out of a packet, um, what is the good and proper way? So this was actually out of a mix as well because I, but like a really nice mix. Like you could just add water to it, but I didn't but feel you like shouldn't. that. Right, you can make hot chocolate, and this is the way my parents used to make it from baking cocoa but you have to add sugar along with it. I prefer using the hot chocolate mix, be like a, a good one, because sometimes trying to get the uh, the sugar and hot and the cocoa to dissolve well in the uh, warm milk can be hard. So sometimes I just go for the nice finely powdered mix instead. It is my understanding that cocoa powder is hydrophobic. Yeah, it's hard. The way you oh, mix yeah. it up is you, you take a little bit of... You have to take a to take a little bit of cocoa powder in the m- milk at a time. So you just, oh, sorry, a little bit of milk in the cocoa powder. So you start with mm. with like the powder, and you add a little bit of milk, and you stir that around, and you kind of make like almost a batter, and then you put a little more and stir that around, a little more and stir that around. But it takes some patience, and I often don't have that. Hmm. Well, there you go. I have started adding cocoa to um, savory sort of stewy dishes like chilies and curries. And like a things. mole. I find it is some next level goodness. Yeah, it's like a mole. What is your favorite Christmas treat beyond hot chocolate? I don't really think of hot chocolate as a Christmas treat. I don't know if I've ever had it. Just a wintry treat? Yeah, just wintry cold weather. I went <laughs> recently, I had this disastrous trip to try to go see the Aurora Borealis. It was the day after I had been doing karaoke, though, so I I wasn't super hungover, but I didn't sleep super well before the, the, that night, um, and so and I was just kind of exhausted. But the aurora was maybe going to be present, and so I went out with a friend uh, late at night up Mount Hood uh, because it was a clear. It was supposed to be a clear night. And we went to one spot, but it was so crowded and full of people that we were like, ugh, screw this place. So then we went to another lake where we had to trudge through the woods in the dark. But on the way, I got really carsick because I had been drinking the day before. Um, so it was like below freezing. Happy Halloween. Yeah, I know. It was below freezing. We were out We were out uh, on top of a mountain in the middle of a you know, somewhat remote lake. And it was beautiful. But it was also kind of miserable because I was exhausted and not feeling well. And my friend brought hot chocolate. <gasps> and I was thinking, oh, hey, I probably don't even want this hot chocolate. I'm sure it's made with like almond milk or something. But no, it was made with wondrous whole milk. And I'm sure it was delicious. And I couldn't drink it because I had been I had gotten carsick and... I just oh, wouldn't no. be. Yeah, there's nothing that makes me more nauseous for some reason than hot chocolate. I don't know. It does. If I drink it, but not very much, I can usually be like, okay, I'm fine. But for some reason, the hot chocolate, if sometimes, just makes me not feel well. This is the saddest story that I has know. ever been told. I don't. I don't know if it was that interesting. You might want to cut it out too. 
Oh, no, it's definitely staying in because now I want to talk about how I thought that the chocolate was going to be, the hot chocolate was going to be some kind of panacea and away went your car sickness because of chocolatey good. Oh, no, I, I, had, I brought ginger pills with me for that, but it wasn't enough. No, I didn't get to drink the hot chocolate because I knew it wouldn't make me not feel well. Oh, also, when we got there, the clouds rolled in. So the whole trip was pointless. <laughs> also, the aurora didn't happen this far south. And I mean, it was an interesting experience. I was just real cranky about it. I have found that failures make for much better stories than successes do. I feel like it would have been a better story if something eventful had happened rather than it just being a series of minor minor inconveniences. I feel like and then the clouds rolled in is much better than and <laughs> then we saw the aurora. Oh no, I would have been a great story if there had been an aurora. Oh well. God disagree it's like when you if you take a trip or something and it's this vacation you've planned and someone's like how was your vacation you're like it was wonderful that's not interesting (laughs) it's way more fun to hear to hear the story about me where i like crapped and threw up on myself in an irish bathroom (laughs) those are funny are are more fun stories for the listener i don't know i feel like when i've had a good time i have i have good stories from it too on the subject of something like mini minnow, um, it reminds me of this handmade coffee mug that my mother had. I think she still might have it. It's a little bit more, parts of it are a little chipped though. But it had a tiny little ceramic mouse in the bottom. So you could give someone their tea with some milk in it or a hot chocolate or something that was cloudy. Oh, I guess coffee. You could People do coffee. And as you get close to the bottom, there would be this little face sticking up at you. That is, and you say it's handmade. Yeah, that makes it extra adorable. Yeah, it was one. It's wonderful. It was. It was a beloved mug. I am a huge fan of mulled wine, if for no other reason than you're out at a you know, festival or a Christmas market or something, and here's booze, but also it's warm. You could also do a hot apple cider with like rum or something. You could. Hot toddies are always nice too. Yeah. But I, hmm, I, I gen- except for cookies, I pretty much just associate all of these things with cold weather rather than Christmas. A, something I've, I associate with Christmas that I've never gotten to do that I want to do this year. And it's so stupid and childish. Christmas crackers. I'm not even sure what those are. They're they're kind of Britishy, but you can get them around here because you know Queen of Canada. They're brightly colored and they have uh, they seem to be made of like a wrapping paper stuff, mm-hmm. and you pull on either end, and there's a small like pyrotechnic inside that goes off with a pop, and there is generally contained therein a small paper crown for you to wear, as well as a toy or trinket or joke or something. Oh. Yeah, I actually have seen those, and I thought they were stupid, so I guess I've forgotten about them. (laughs) Ah, well, good for you, Russ. (laughs) Telling your dream, and (laughs) but you really like Christmas, and I'm very indifferent to it. You are kind of meh about Christmas. Yeah. Oh, golly. Uh, Well, I guess we can go on to mine. Yeah, let's go for it. I am doing The One Who Stayed. Ah, yeah. You should have heard the old men cry. You should have heard the biddies. When that sad stranger raised his flute and piped away the kiddies. Katie, Tommy, Meg, and Bob followed skipping gaily. 
red-haired Ruth, my brother Rob, and little crippled Bailey. John and Nils and cousin Claire, dancing, spinning, turning, crossed the hills to God knows where, they never came, returning. Crossed the hills to God knows where, the piper pranced a leadin'. And each child in Hamlin town, but me, and I stayed home unheedin'. My papa says that I was blessed, for if that music found me, I'd be witch-cast like all the rest. This town grows old around me. I cannot say I did not hear that sound so haunting hollow. I heard, I heard, I heard it clear. I was afraid to follow. So tell us about this poem, Russ. Yeah, uh, and of course we were talking about the uh, Pied Piper of Hamelin, that old mm-hmm. uh, Germanic myth about the, uh, depending on version, the piper who comes into the town to rid it of rats and pipes them all into the river or away or someplace, and then uh, the town, uh, usually in the story, backs out on its payment to the piper, and then he returns and pipes away all the children. And in some versions he is paid the sum or with interest and then he returns the children or in my favorite versions the children are never seen nor heard from again i've heard of also a version where the only one there was one child left behind but it was the child that couldn't walk yes and there's another version um where three children are left behind and one of them is uh crippled one of them is deaf and one of them is blind and this is a fun little perspective to take here was someone who heard this bewitching sound and was going to be piped away to wherever, but didn't follow on whatever happened. And of course, the misery there is in the uncertainty. Right. This little project of ours kind of got started as a bit of therapy slash coping mechanism for you. And I think the pendulum might be starting to swing the other direction. Earlier this year, I had read Ikigai, which is one of those self-help, discover-your-purpose books, and then I just read The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, (laughs) which is a better one, and realized that I didn't think that I had that thing, you know, what your purpose or the reason you get up in the morning or your Ikigai or, you know, your reason for being. Yeah, we've said that many times that neither of us have that. And so I'm going to do something silly. Hmm. And I'm not going to tell anyone on this podcast what it is yet, because I have to do it first. Right, right. I understand. And when I do the thing, and I don't feel stupid about the thing I'm going to do, then I'm going to reveal it. Oh gosh, now I'm so curious. I'll tell you off air. Okay. Well, on that subject, which I won't elaborate more, my thing is I'm writing a book. (gasps) and again that you say you won't elaborate i'm not elaborating more because then i'm afraid i won't do it my big thing is i don't complete things and so that's my big worry and you know it's going very slowly and only occasionally with small bursts of of enthusiasm but you know longer ones of not doing anything and you picked a good month to do it too yeah that in part is helping me get a little bit more done than i otherwise would 
accountability such as it is? Well, I'm not really accountable to anybody at this point, but the uh, the fact that the NaNoWriMo is going on and there are a number of people out there trying to write 50,000 words in, of a novel, or though in my case just 50,000 words of my current nonfiction piece. Mm. Ultimately, we're all just accountable to ourselves. Oh, yeah, I am so disappointed in myself. <laughs> It's almost funny to say that some of the better decisions in my life have been made when the justification was, ah, fuck it. Yeah, cool. Do you want to elaborate on that? Is. Well, I mean, it's just, just just decisions that people would say were stupid. Like when I moved to Japan and met you, for example. Like mm-hmm. before that, I was working, I was doing in-house software engineering for an insurance company and Ugh. Got bored, and I was like, "Hey, I'll give up this, you know, job with a future and move to Japan and teach English." And I did, and just coincidentally, right after that happened, the company laid off two thirds of its workforce, and now they don't exist anymore. And like, moving to Japan was one of the better decisions I've ever made, as far as like self growth and meeting lifelong friends, and just an all around wonderful experience. Huh. I mean, I definitely, definitely moving to Japan was not a bad decision for me or anything like that but i couldn't say that there was any particular timing serendipity to it or anything like that like you and like you had and the serendipity for me is just kind of the cherry on top like even if that hadn't happened but i remember making that decision it's like and my justification was literally eh, fuck it why not good well i'm glad you did (laughs) Uh, we wouldn't be doing this otherwise that is very true. And then these people wouldn't be listening. God, the future's complicated. Mm-hmm. But who knows? We could be doing something else even more fabulous. Ah, somehow I doubt it. Mm. I've heard it said that the Pied Piper is some of a cautionary tale about paying workers what they're owed. I seem to remember a version of it from my elementary school days where it was used as a stranger danger story. Really? Huh. I mean, hmm. Yeah, I can definitely see that for children. Yeah, the the, the concept of don't skimp on your debts is yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah, not all that interesting for, for children. Me. Yeah. My uh, sister did a theater summer camp for a couple summers and in one of them they did a a Pied Piper musical and in it the Pied Piper and their assistant just got really fed up with the kids and like came back to bargain because they were just like, oh my gosh, children are the worst. I don't want to deal with these anymore. I do love a realistic, gritty adaptation. (laughs) It was, I mean, it was a kids, kids theater uh, camp. It wasn't that gritty. It was just sort of like an, oh no, what have we done? I like that old concept of remixing um, very adult stories, but into children's versions. Mm-hmm. Here, here's your child's ver- version of Pulp Fiction. There's a tiny Uma Thurman and John Travolta dancing in a tuxedo and a you know whatever jumper. And then at the edge of the stage, this six year old has to plunge a fake needle into a five year old's breastplate. <laughs> you know. Is, does that exist? No, I'm just saying. Wouldn't it be funny if it did? I mean. I feel like maybe it exists. <laughs> maybe a Rule 34? I re- oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being in a school play of... Uh, this was second grade. I remember that. And uh, I... Uh, of another Grimace fairy tale. And I I, I was the king in uh, Rumpelstiltskin. 
oh yeah that's not a very important part at all no but i did get to deliver the line if this wheat isn't spun to gold by morning you will die wait is that rumpelstiltskin yeah because the 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 king imprisons her and makes her uh she she claims for whatever reason that she can spin wheat into gold wait what do you think the story of rumpelstiltskin is so the, uh, it, I don't remember the, the beginning, but the, the, this woman th- claims that she can spin yarn into gold or wheat into gold or something okay. like that. And the king imprisons her okay. and, f- and forces her to do it to increase the wealth of the kingdom. And then the goblin, Rumpelstiltskin, okay. comes to her in the night and says, you'll give me this, uh, culminating in uh, her first child, and he'll do her this favor if she can guess his name and she never does okay. until like the last night when he's going to take her first born and then she tricks him into giving his name okay yeah i guess that's it i couldn't remember how it all fit together except that you had to guess the name yeah so you Lord ordered someone to spend some gold oh yeah but i got to say you will die and that was so cool <laughs> i delivered it I, I, I bet you hammed it up i barked it up. i was darth vader on that stage had a little crown too <laughs> well do you have a, anything uplifting for our listeners i've had a stressful day i don't know i don't know my cat minerva has gotten her winter coat and so she's very fluffy Ooh, that's cute that's pretty cute